So my cat died. That's that's a real thing that happened. Uh, and that's part of why we, there haven't been any sad casts for a little while. I'm sorry to leave you hanging, but, um, you know, life happens and then it stops happening. Yeah, my 18-year-old cat, Darren, who has been on the podcast before, he passed away on May 19th. And it's been awful. But then... Uh, some kitten adoptions that me and my partner had been waiting for for months came through literally the next week. So on top of mourning my beloved bestie, which is, I feel like I'll be doing forever, we've been having the experience of welcoming new kitties to our house, which is, oh my goodness, a full-time job, and I love it. But uh, it's kept me away from the sad gas. So I'm back and um, Pam and I have a bunch of new shows or new, yeah, new episodes for you, including um, uh, next episode, we're going to start featuring some highlights from our sad comedy show, which was on May 13th, which was really fun and a huge success. But um, first up, we've got our um, going deep with Alice Fleerakers, <laughs> our uh, outgoing web editor and um, friend of SADMEG who's moving on to Montreal. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and um, thanks for your patience and uh, yeah we're just real humans who don't get paid like everyone who doesn't get paid to make podcasts. Isn't it fun how we all do things for no money? Um, It's cool though I love it. It's fun um, and I'm happy to be back at the table editing for you so um, here we go. New, sad, new, sad, sad cast. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. That was a little bit like tinny at first, but now I feel like it's okay. Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Sweet. I feel like the problem with Skype is there is always about half a million things that have to happen first before <laughs> it starts functioning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Today is not my day with technology. I woke up with my computer deciding never to wake up again. So, uh, <laughs> like, sucks. yeah. So I'm like very wary of all things crashing. Okay. But- so you've lost your computer or did it come back to life eventually? Well, my computer is a bit of a zombie at the moment. Like it continually is dying and then coming back to life. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it. I think it just needs a break, you know, like some time apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. A little holiday. But anyway, let's launch into it. So welcome to Chewing the Fat. Thank you. Um with <laughs> Alice Fleet Wreckers. Wait, Flea Bonkers is such a great Skype name. I don't know if you want me to put that on the podcast, but uh, you can. I have no Skype friends, anyways. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Skype is who even uses Skype? I don't know. Apparently, we do. It's just for interviews. That's all I use it for. Yeah. F- um... Flea Wreckers is the correct pronunciation of your last name, right? Though. Um, it's pretty close. The the correct correct way is flairackers, but Ooh. I've given up on that long ago. <laughs> Ooh, hit me with that again. I'm a big fan of correct correct. Okay, flairackers. Flairackers. Pretty yeah. close. Is it pretty close? Dutch? No. Yeah, it's Flemish. So Flemish, uh, yeah. Belgian. Right. Origins. 
because I speak German. So for me, there's some R's that I don't find so hard, but Flemish and Dutch and kind of like some of those sounds in there, especially Flemish, actually. uh, That's that's magical R's. I can't do those. Mm -mm. I can't either. I have to say everything very slowly. Mm. Um, There were lots of tricks that I learned when I was in Germany, though, because before I... Because I didn't, nobody told me in school that you have to kind of put training wheels on your speaking when you're learning another language. And so I, I couldn't say, like, the German R is very difficult for a Canadian in my, or like an Anglo-Canadian, mm-hmm. I guess, in my opinion. And I didn't know how to do it, but I especially didn't know how to do it when it started a word. And okay. so my exchange partner's brother's name was, in English, or in Canada, we would say Roland. But in German, it was like Roland. So it's like, Whoa. yeah, but I couldn't do that initially. And so the way I cheated and did it was just to pretend that it was an A instead. So if I just said, Oland, it kind of worked. Um, anyway, maybe we should think of other letters we can shove in your name. Although there are many letters. You must be one of those people who runs out of room on the, on like sign up sheets. Uh, I think I, I, I just make the cutoff. Uh, luckily, my first name is short. Yeah, I got the long first name and a medium size last name. Is your first name long? Well, Jacqueline. It's 10 uh, letters. Yeah. Yeah. When it's like official stuff, I got to go old school birth name. Official, official. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> enough about me, though. <laughs> So, tell, tell us who you are um, and tell us how you're connected to Sad Meg or let's say we're teasing. Um, sure. Okay. Um, my name is Alice uh, and I am Sad Meg's, well, one half of the web editing force behind sadmag.ca. Mm. Which has really killed it in the last couple of years. You've done such a great job, I think, that in fact, I think a lot of people don't know that Sad Mag is also a magazine because we have such a cool web, like, web presence. That's funny. I have a lot of people tell me they didn't realize that Sad Mag had a website. So, Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, we got to get those people together. We're working on it. We're working on it. Working on it. Yeah, maybe we just need a little disclaimer on all of the web pages. Like, by the way, there is a physical print magazine that, we do print in this technical age. Yeah. And I mean, I think maybe the magazine assumes we have a website and cause you, I mean, I don't know maybe people don't read the like sadmag.ca like editorial shout outs in the mag, but maybe we need to make that more obvious. I think it would be nice to be able to like weave content a little bit more closely, but the, mm-hmm. the print magazine is so kind of increasingly specialized and time timeless and the web is, not really good at timelessness in a weird way no. <laughs> although in a way in another way it kind of is actually because in, in, in some way you, have you ever had that where someone posts something and you're like this is amazing and then you realize it's just it was viral like two years ago and yeah you're oh, finding totally. it like it's new but or things that just sort of yeah like they they didn't really go viral when they came out at first and there's just some event or something that comes up a year or two later that kind of gives it new life or a life it never had before. Exactly. Um, okay. So about something, things are about to change for you. What is, tell us all about that and what is happening? Uh, uh, sure. Well, um, so I am actually leaving sad mag and also leaving Vancouver for the summer. Um, 
I'm doing an internship at Drawn and Quarterly in the beautiful city of Montreal. So oh my god, it's gonna Summer, be amazing. <laughs> Somewhere in Montreal is top notch. Have you hung out there before? Lived there before? I have hung out there for one week. Um, so I don't know anything other than uh, I know way less French than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. Plus in Montreal, like nobody's going to help you out. Like no, <laughs> they're like, oh, you're Anglo. Then they'll just speak to you in English. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it is rough. Yeah. If you want to really <laughs> learn French slash Quebecois, you should head out of there. But it's a good it's a good starter. I don't know. Uh, I spent a summer. I spent a summer in Montreal. That sounds so cheesy. No, it doesn't. It's uh, not fun summer. <laughs> it was an awesome <laughs> summer. It was the summer of 2001. And I did the, it used to be called the bursary program. I don't, it still exists, but it's called, I think it's privatized and it's called something else now. But it's like the thing where you go and hang out in a French speaking place for six weeks and take classes and like smoke pot and have, go to concerts and have an amazing time partially on the government's tab <laughs> there's a lot of those programs it sounds like yeah. so I did one of those and I it was a blast like Montreal is absolutely the coolest like did you learn any French not really no in fact I'm pretty sure my French degraded during the time that I was there because I I became really close friends with someone I'm still friends with actually who I just visited last year in New York but she, um we we were so bad and we were so disappointed too after how many years of French instruction to be placed in the beginner class. Oh, <laughs> um, no. So then we just decided to kind of overcome that awkward feeling by speaking our French with very English accents with each other. So we would be like 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 intentionally being like, pardonnez-moi, like, <laughs> je parle anglais. You know, just dumb shit like that, except funnier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it wasn't. Uh, it, it, yeah, I don't recommend Montreal for the language learning experience. Just for the culture, it's worth it. Got and it. The weather. Oh my god, it's so hot. Do you like hot weather? I do. Yeah. Though I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. I've just been informed that my room has no fan in it. Ooh, so wow. you could get a fan. Like. Yeah. I'm thinking about like cold foot baths, maybe like I can just Ooh. be one of those people like get a rocking chair and just like chill and like put my feet in the water. And um, I don't know. Mm. I, that's that's my image. I, like I don't think it's going to work, but I've, we'll see. I've actually had a fantasy about foot baths for a long time, too. Like having one of those like kind of gardeny like metal buckets, you know, with handles on the side. Don't you oh, think that'd yeah. be really pretty? Like a kind of garden chic like I was just garden chic. Yeah, I was just uh, hand washing some laundry and and uh, tie dyeing some indigo in this basin, and now I'm gonna rinse it out and put my feet in it with a little bit of lemon and mint tea. Actually, I feel like lemon probably wouldn't be good for feet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just that just makes me think of prunes, like you know, like the <laughs> instant. <laughs> um we have gone way off topic um that's really exciting so what are you going to be doing there um i believe i'm working on production um and i have no experience with graphic novels so it should be interesting apparently doing a bunch of handling um high-res images and doing some of the like, the scanning and um, clean, maybe some cleaning up. I'm not sure. And then copy editing speech bubbles, which I didn't even know was a job that could be done. Um, but very much looking forward to that. Um, and then maybe a little bit of publicity as well. Exciting. Okay. Wait, 
you got an internship at Drawn and Quarterly and don't have any experience with graphic novels, do tell. Actually, it's a sad mag story. So um, <laughs> one of our lovely and talented web writers um, also did an internship there when she was living in Montreal. And she put me in touch with the um, two, yeah, two of the amazing women who work there uh, last summer when I was just visiting for my little week. Um, and, you know, we had a beer in the sun and talked about graphic novels. Um, and then I applied for one this year. Um, and they actually remembered me, which was lovely um, and we welcoming. So, yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, um, do you have any drawn and quarterlies kind of just go like go to drawn and quarterlies in your mind that, that are, that you like? Well, I love, um, Linda Berry and like syllabus was amazing. Um, I just read something by uh, Paul DeForge as well. He's great. Um, he's so bizarre and also just so funny and pensive. But I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure anything that Drawn and Quarterly puts their hands on just turns into comic gold. I know. It's so pretty. Yeah. I wonder, I'd be really curious too of, uh, what the experience there is like in the kind of even just in the vernacular of comics versus graphic novels, like if there's some people who are. Oh yeah. How, yeah. how, how the, what the vibe is like, just because, you know, drawn and quarterly is so mm, kind of visually stunning as well. I mean, it's definitely all, uh, there's a different aesthetic to, to drawn and quarterly publications. Mm -hmm. And um, that's part of the appeal to me personally, but um I yeah, know. I know. I'm sure I've uttered like so many faux pas of calling graphic novels comics and comics graphic novels. And well, I, I, I mean, maybe, but at the same time, probably um, the the old school people don't care. I'm sure it's just like, you know what I mean? It's probably just like the the nouveau riche of of <laughs> of. Uh, <sighs> what do you call it of graphic novels who are um sensitive and in inflexible about that i'm just checking out their website and i feel like the only thing that i have that's kind of on their little search row at the moment is i'm pretty sure i have blankets by craig thompson but i i'm not sure entirely i went when i was younger I, younger when i was younger before i used foot baths yeah now i have like a electric foot bath uh attached to a lazy boy mm, mm, good life yeah i mean i have goals uh, but, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, I think when I was sort of in university, I was really into checking out graphic novels, but I always had this compulsion to only ever buy gra graphic novels written by women. Cause I was just, I don't know. I was just like sort of my, you know, it's like, sorry dudes, but there's just so few that I thought it was a better chance of having something like slightly weirder and more interesting. And I think that's how I got into like fell towards drawn and quarterly, but um, well, yeah, because I know, like, historically, it's sort of a really male-dominated field, like, all the action comics and the Marvel-type stuff, and mm -hmm. it's really only, because, like, with the emergence of all the indie comics that you do have some more women um, kind of taking the stage, which exactly. is really cool. It's amazing stuff. So 
you're excited. I'm very excited. Um, Do you think that there's a chance, like, is it kind of one of those internships? Oh, is it paid? Do you mind if I ask? Because I'm so curious about that always. It it is not paid. So I'm going to be a poor person living in Montreal, which, well, is probably about the same as being a poor person living in Vancouver. So we'll see. Hopefully a little bit easier, but maybe only just a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the glamorous world of, uh, publishing internships mm. and also being a student. Oof. So you had to save up brutal slash like get that credit line going. Um, <laughs> so do you think there's anything, I mean, again, obviously you're not, you know, exactly sure what you'll, what the scope of what you'll be doing is, but, um, Pam wanted me to ask if there's anything sort of from your sad mag time that you think you'll take with you, um, in terms of experience. This is a very like job interview yeah. question, but this oh, is yeah, like no, your definitely. exit interview. <laughs> this is yeah, this is great actually. It's like good preparation for um if I ever have to do a job interview, which <laughs> uh, fingers crossed will actually happen. Um so I mean, I think like one thing that I've thought a lot about like in terms of like why I love magazines and why I love graphic novels and why I love picture books, which is the other thing I'm really interested in is that, that intersection between image and text. And, um, the fact that when it, whether you're publishing a story online or creating a graphic novel or a picture book, like you have to think about, um, how the person is interacting with it and all of the components that go into the story. It's not just the words, it's not just the images, it's the way that they um, play off of each other. And so I think with web, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge because the writer might not be thinking about um, what images are going to go with their story or where those images are going to go. And it's definitely not something that um, I really figured I don't think I have entirely figured it out yet, but um, just kind of figuring out like how um, how everything's going to fit together and and how people are going to end up interacting with it. You know, we don't read everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the images might be most of what the person is actually looking at. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really crucial. And then also just like um, uh, people. I mean, doing any kind of like interview I've gotten the chance to speak with so many amazing artists um through my writing with sad mag and um I think that that experience of just getting to know creative people that's so valuable in I think any creative industry um maybe (laughs) (laughs) well I was I was gonna gonna, (laughs) I was gonna say something like um so like working for sad was your first experience with creative people or like i almost feel like creative people is kind of like a dirty word like it's not obviously but like what in your mind what do you what is the experience like of working with a creative person like is that code for people who don't really respect deadlines or like i think i just use creative people as a catch-all because like i've i don't know i i edit but i also write for the web right mm-hmm. and so in that capacity like I've spoken with people who are um who are like illustrators who are writers who are actors or directors or choreographers and film producers so it's just it's like I I don't want to use the word artist because not everybody considers themselves to be an artist like I just think creative people 
is a bit of a, yeah, an umbrella word that maybe doesn't really mean anything, but I guess anybody who's just, um, doing something a little bit, um, unique. Got it. Um, I like have such a monstrous ego that I automatically assumed you meant like dealing with the sad mag people was like a oh, yeah. creative experience. And I was like, oh, you mean like the actual work you did like with actual humans in the universe who were the subjects of the work you did, like which would be the more obvious interpretation of what you just said. But I just as- assume myself into everything. And yeah, really, I was just talking about you, you know. <laughs> busted i'm the worst human um but speaking of writing don't aren't you also um, pam just let me know that you're also preparing something for the next issue of sad mag is that true actually i just finished it um whoa look at you mm -hmm, yeah it turned out really well it was also an interview not with a creative person or i mean maybe he's creative in his hobbies and personal life but um it's basically an article uh, about the psychology of secrets. And Exciting. so I spoke with somebody who's a registered um, counselor working in Vancouver um, who deals with a lot of people's secrets on a daily basis. Um, so it was actually a really beautiful and inspiring interview. Like I came into it sort of looking for all the nitty gritty, all the horrible things about humankind. And I came out of it very inspired about humanity. I can't wait to read that. So tell me more about you. I don't actually, I feel like we just sort of started working in that kind of casual, sad mag, like um, kind of coven that Katie creates where it's just like, (laughs) she just sort of like casually lures people into her web of creative people and um, sort of tries to facilitate us all doing something that we actually enjoy. Um, But sometimes I, you know, you just don't go too deep into the introduction stuff so what's yeah what's your deal like where where are you from where'd you grow up uh well I grew up in Vancouver I'm technically from Belgium uh technically as in like (laughs) your mom pooped you out there but then you grew up here exactly like we moved when I was one and a half Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh technically I'm an immigrant I'm an immigrant um and had to do ESL for an insanely long amount of time um, considering I was one and a half. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean you had to do it like at school? Like they made, yeah, at school. So I basically didn't get social studies education for all of elementary school. Cause I was in the back room learning English. Um, That's <laughs> which explains why I have a hard time with history and why now I guess I write a lot. Um, yeah. So but yeah, did you, bizarre. was it because English wasn't being spoken at home? Yeah, so we did just speak Flemish at home until I was four or five and started going to school. Um, and then I was just such a horribly shy kid that I think I just didn't speak that much. And so didn't learn English as fast, I guess, as was expected. Or maybe I just didn't talk as much as was expected. But um, either way, it panned out into a lot of uh, grammar games. Yeah, I can tell you grew up in Vancouver, though, because Vancouverish people and Pacific Northwest people um, call Vancouver Vancouver. Like there's kind of like a Vancouver that there's a there's a ooh sound that comes in. The... You're not from Vancouver? Vancouver? No, I'm not. Well, no, no, I just moved out here for university, but that was 15 years ago. Oh, OK, wait, you say, va- say it, say it the way you would say it. Vancouver. 
So it's more coo, just ooh, not ee. There's like definitely a little <laughs> bit of a sound that locals make, I've noticed, or some locals anyway. Oh man, Vancouver. I'm so going to have to call it Ben City forever. No, that's so much worse. It is quite worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, maybe when you, like, do you anticipate potentially, like, how do I phrase this? Is this one of those internships where you're hoping to get hired after? I mean, I would love to get hired after, but I don't have high hopes. Basically, I've been in this uh, publishing program for the last year, and essentially every single guest speaker who's come in to speak to our class has said, started the lecture off with, so why on earth do you want to become a publisher now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and has ended the lecture off with, so yeah, um, there's not really a lot happening or a lot of opportunity out there in the publishing world, but yeah, but fuck that. You. I mean, we had that in film too, but it also depends on the generation and the age of the people that are coming in to talk to you because basically they're looking back on their lives and seeing everything that they trained for totally have disappeared. But it's like people that are younger and or more flexible can just yeah. see and figure out opportunity in the way things are shifting. And I feel like um, it was similar at film school. People were just like, oh, it's, you know, like you could do this and this and this and this and this. But like nobody would come in and say like, or you could just work on your comedy and make a web series and like take it from there. You know, like nobody, you know, that's not really the, you know, it's not fuck that. You Like just do what you love and figure it out. Plus there's yeah. so much online work. Like you can be a freelancer, like nobody's business. This it's is true. what people don't, this is what always frustrates me about people in publishing who are grumpy. It's like people are, actually reading more now than they ever did it's just that they mostly only read headlines or <laughs> instagram captions <laughs> yeah they're just reading differently and exactly. yeah they're reading differently they're like talking about it differently they aren't buying it in the same way that traditional publishing wants them to buy it uh but that doesn't mean it's dead it just means it's different yeah and you know okay sure in a lot of ways it means it's also less um, uh, like the hustle is more complex uh, than it maybe was even 15 years ago you know where there's like a path to writing a New Yorker article like now it's just a little bit more obscure and you might have to work a lot harder to be able to get paid on that level like obviously all the work you've done for Sad Mike has been free and like <laughs> this is the thing that I make sure people understand it's like it's a volunteer thing and what that means is like it's a nonprofit. We want to publish this thing so that everybody who is part of it can like practice doing the thing they want to do and maybe one day get paid for. <laughs> yeah. sadly, one day. This is not that place. <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely interesting. Like what you're just saying, like people don't necessarily realize this is unpaid. People don't necessarily realize like how the industry works unless you're in it. And mm -hmm. so like the other day, my friend said to me, it was very sweet. She's like, Oh, but, you're a great writer. Why don't you just work for the New Yorker? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah like, sure. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Me and eight other people. Why didn't I think of that earlier? Oh man. Um, but yeah, like there's sort of a bit of a, like, I think when you're in the industry, it's very clear in that like everybody knows it's like things are changing and, and people aren't necessarily getting paid what they once were to do the same jobs, but that's not necessarily um, like public knowledge yet or, mm. or at least that's been my perception. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like, I mean, uh, as with music 
uh, well, music and movies have basically almost completely moved to the realm of things that, and 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 writing is the same, or news you could even say, mm. um, where people feel entitled to consume that for free. Um, and so the, the caveat: people will buy magazines, obviously, really beautiful mm. magazines like Sad Mag and books and things like that. But in general you know people will go to the movies and people will occasionally people are just seem more likely even of music that they're fans of to like maybe go to a concert rather than buy the album or pay for the album mm-hmm. which arguably is better but um you know just like everything about what i think is like heinously called content <laughs> i yeah. hate the word content so much <laughs> I feel yeah. like content is actually the problem, but it, well, it's a whole other thing. Um, like content is something you put in a Ziploc bag. Like, yeah, the contents yeah. of the bag. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It means nothing. Like, well, if, it means something if you're not a, a writer or a creative person. Yeah. Because, like, con- content is like a word that is meaningful if you're talking about trying to sell ad space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it shouldn't drive what we're doing you know and yet it's we do need people to sell ad space but it's just like that can't be the only consideration anyway i'm gonna (laughs) don't get me started but i guess i guess i'm also just one of those people who's like a bit plucky and a bit naive and like also i don't know i'm becoming aware of all the like advantages and privileges i've had in my life that have made it easier for me to be this cavalier about like mm-hmm. trying how trying hard to do the thing you want to do and like following your dreams it's like kind of easier as like a middle class like euro white person to kind of yeah. just like to throw caution to the wind and like uh do that kind of thing but at the same time it's kind of like well if i have those opportunities then i should use them and figure them out so and like do good stuff with them so i feel like you can't just sit back and go like i can't because <laughs> not until everyone can it's like or you can just well whatever never mind this is horrible this is a crazy rant it's uh, not just rant it's uh it's very sagely <laughs> well i'm always nervous i mean it's a i mean this podcast is a thing right where it's like yeah. this is just sort of blowharding but the point of it is like hopefully someone out there is like yeah i'm i'm like that too like mm-hmm. that's all i want is just somebody to be like mm, i'm you're like me you know because all I've ever done is listen to podcasts and go like I'm like you like I'm like that person and then it gives you courage to be like oh yeah I can speak I can write I can create I I can take up space and be heard and maybe someone out there will also feel like they're they get me and that's all I want really (laughs) like yeah maybe any artist wants is just people to go like oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you're like me. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Picasso was thinking. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so what are you going to miss most about Vancouver when you're gone? Slash if we never see you again. Oh, no. I'll come crawling back, I'm sure. Um... Crawling back via the basement suite. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the I only know. way into town. Just basically yeah um yeah I don't know Vancouver I like I love this place I the obviously the people is the thing that you know cheesy answer. you end up missing the people but but like the even cheesier in even more Vancouver local answer that's 
exceptionally true actually is that I just keep missing the mountains and the ocean. Like I totally is... thought you were going to say the weed. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good thing too, but, um, it is very for different reason, out here apparently. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, anytime I go anywhere else, like I start having like physical, like pangs in my body, like, you know, when you're really like crave chocolate or something, it's like that same feeling, but it's like, for mountains or totally like, thought you were gonna say marijuana sorry <laughs> just kidding just kidding I'm not I'm trying you, to like Uber. <laughs> I'm projecting I'm projecting yeah I don't know it's no, just it's so one nice of those days today too where it's just like ugh. I mean I think that's the fucking uh, asshole thing about Vancouver is that it's so beautiful that when you like whatever percentage of days that is which is creepily getting larger uh you just go like this place is crazy beautiful and who even lives here like what is happening that we live here and then the rest of the time you're like this is the worst i hate it yeah the city is really good at getting you to forget those days mm -hmm. somehow yeah Yeah. it's like a shy lover it's like most of the time it doesn't return your calls but when it does you're like just it's a good bliss. call. Yeah, it's a good call. <laughs> it's a call you want to answer. Um, mm. All right. Well, speaking of calls you want to answer, I'm really glad you answered our call for this interview. And um, I'm really excited to put it up on the interwebs. Um, and I'm excited to see what sense you pull out of this. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I edit uh, little fragments out here and there, but pretty much this whole this whole. This whole puppy is going to be born onto the web as is, <laughs> you know, wow. clicks and drags and hiccups and uh, mic touches like that. The, the, I'll edit that out, but uh, pretty much everything else stays. I don't know. Wow. There's like a few. Ra- I'll I'll tend to make myself sound better. Um, oh, gee. Yeah. Thanks. No <laughs> that's the fun thing, actually. That's I don't know if you've noticed this um, in your writing or in your interviewing mm-hmm. over the years, but the more you do it, the more you realize like what the shitty things you, you always do are that you're not seeing. Oh, totally. And you have to go back over and look at it or in my case, listen to it and edit it. I definitely talk too much. I know. I definitely interrupt people too much when I interview them. It's the worst. And when you're listening to your transcription, you're just like, why they should, they were about to say something cool. I know, but it's just so weird to sit and let like, and not say anything in a conversation. It's true. And especially with interviewing, I mean, I see it a little differently with you because I also know you, but like the, or as we've discussed, sort of know you, but like, (laughs) I, um, I always feel like my, my biggest desire is always to actually let there be a little bit of that awkward space as well. And then just see if they'll fill it up with something interesting because you just want to get them to kind of like say as much stuff as you can. Yeah. But the only other thing that I feel like I've learned from doing interviews for this show is um, it's really important to just for me to just not be looking at anything else. Like I have to not have any windows open on my thing. I have to not look at my phone. I have to completely just focus. Otherwise like it's not interesting if I'm not listening to you, you know, (laughs) like I can't ask good questions. I can't be present with you. And if I can't be present with you, then there's no point in doing this interview. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. no you're so right yeah. uh, um, 
man, speaking of my present feeling, what is your present vibe right now? My present vibe is hunger. I have not had breakfast and I just realized that. Oh, go have breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in like the most sterile, um, empty room of all time. And so I feel like it just like, you can't have a vibe in here. Like it just gets sucked up into the, where are you? Um, I'm at SFU in, um, one of the private rooms Mm. So because they're quiet. Yeah. Um, But it's very strange sitting here. Like also because there's a whole boardroom table sitting in front of me. So, Mm. so you're just like special business lady having a special business lady conversation with her computer. Yeah. People passing by think that, you know, we're having a very intense like meeting, but little do they. (laughs) Every meeting I have is intense. Definitely. Yeah. We covered some hard hitting material. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we definitely have. Uh, thoughts on Belgian politics? Want to go there? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, let's let's leave it at accents yeah. and foot baths. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, Alice, um, it was really nice to talk to you. And we're definitely going to miss you at sadmag.ca and at sadmag in general and at Vancouver in general. I will miss you and... all. Um, come back ish or follow your dreams or whatever follow the money whichever you feel like <laughs> slash make all the decisions yourself don't be influenced by other people whatever thank you for the sagely advice <laughs> um, dope okay cool um, I'm gonna hang up um, like legit and um, thank you so much for talking to us and we will connect with you again soon in the internet or in the real world sure okay Okay. enjoy your breakfast thank you thanks for your time yep okay bye bye no it's fine we should agree do it do it it. no no it's nice i'll get into it all right um okay so now we're going to new Mac DeMarco and John Lent. I was a fool to care. It's a uh, kind of yacht ro- rocky. Uh, and- oh yeah, that's a thing, big time. Yacht rock like AM gold type, like chill. Yeah, mm-hmm. get some Sade in there. Yeah, Jackie's not into it, but no, I'm not, it's <laughs> not I'm not into it. It's more that I'm just like, uh, this is like, this is like your um, mixtape uh hashtagging days coming through like you know how to describe types of music in a way that i have no idea there are too many genres i mean even like whatever i'm saying is probably not relevant anymore anyways uh check out i was a fool to care with this wacky video um uh, that we'll post a link to anyway i was a fool to care max marco john lent
Superstar James Taylor in here, Mission Control. Wish you well and play a little of his own brand of laid-back adult contemporary music. Wow, former President James Taylor. How you doing, fellas? With all due respect, Mr. Taylor, this isn't the best time for your unique brand of bittersweet folk rock. We have a potentially critical situation here. I'm sure you'll understand. Listen, Aldrin, I'm not as laid-back as people think. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to play, and you're going to float there and like it. And you need a helping hand And nothing for 